0: Welcome to another exciting episode of LPA Presents. Today we have a guest with us best for known as Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid franchise. What most people don't know is that he's also a screenwriter, director, and producer. He wrote the screenplays for the first two X-Men movies and Watchmen, and now has his own TV series getting ready to come out, which I hope he can tell us more about. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Matthew.
0: Thank you. Now I've come up with some questions regarding your profession that I hope you could advise people with. I'm looking forward to hearing your answers.
1: I'm looking forward to hearing them as well.
0: <laughs> what can you tell me about your upcoming project?
1: I'm not sure which one you mean. There's a few. Um, I have a movie that I've sold to Amazon uh, that I I can't really talk about yet. And then I have a TV show that I sold to, uh, to universal, which maybe I can talk about a little bit. Um, so I'll just say that's a, that one is a big, uh, samurai epic. Um, I, I, uh, when I was 16, we moved, my family and I moved to Japan and I went to high school in Kobe and, uh, lived in Osaka and, and, uh, so I always loved Japan, and so I, I somebody came to me with the idea for this show, these producers, and I wrote the script on spec because I loved it so much, and um, and then Universal has just
0: purchased it. Is that one on IMDb known as World War Three?
1: No, no. No, World War Three was a long time ago. I mean, oh. the, 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 the show. Now, that was a deal we made with Fox before Fox was bought by Disney, um, for a big, a huge event miniseries, and I wrote it, uh, and then when I handed it in, they said, oh, well, the uh, Fox, we closed the Fox event miniseries department, so we're not doing that anymore, uh, so it just sort of died, which is a shame, but it's funny, because it's on my IMDb, and people ask me about it all the time, like, it's such a compelling title, but, uh, uh, but unfortunately, no, that one died a, an ignominious death.
0: Mm. So pretty much like a lot of TV series tend to end up production hell. Yeah, it's
1: just development hell.
0: Mm-hmm. What inspired you to pursue this career?
1: What inspired me? Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, you know, that was the movie that I well, I was 12 years old and I was watching it and I just, it just changed my whole life. I was like, whatever, whatever they're doing, uh, that's what I want to be doing. And, and, um, and so I figured acting was the, that was the way in that made the most sense to me. Uh, I always loved writing, but I couldn't figure out how to break into the business that way. Acting seemed sort of straightforward. You go in, you audition and you get the part or you don't. Um, so I came out to be an actor, but, uh, but I was always writing the entire time, you know, short scripts. And I had a feature when I was 22 that I tried to get set up. Um, and, uh, that, that was it. I just, it's just my love of the movies and, and, um, Hollywood and the whole, the whole thing. I never wanted to do anything else.
0: Can you describe your creative process when writing a screenplay or developing a character's voice?
1: My creative process is: um, I dive into the world um, in, you know, in a very simple way. I sort of outline a, a movie or or a show um, bit by bit. I, I start in with the stuff that really excites me, and then I start to flesh out the world and 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 the action of the plot of it and as that's occurring the way the characters react to what's happening to the problems that are happening to the dangers starts to shape their characters ideally they they start to come to life um in front of me and 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 i just uh uh, and then from there i just keep going over it and over it and over it, editing, re-editing, rewriting. Um, and I compare it to... It's like in Japan, the samurai, with the way they would make their swords. Mm-hmm. You know, they would they would forge them and then they would fold the metal over again and then melt it and then fold it again. And they do that a thousand times. And then that makes the sword extremely strong. And that's sort of like rewriting a screenplay. You know, you have... You have something that's just sort of a simple, you know, hunk of steel and you just keep honing it and honing it and honing it. And you keep like, you come up with a great idea for the ending and then you realize, okay, so now I have to go back and set that up through act one, act two, you know, act mm-hmm. three. And um, so it's just that process of just continually uh, adding adding detail and adding character and adding, uh, you know, Anything that propels the the, the action forward uh, until you've got something that you feel is worth reading.
0: I'll definitely have to take that to heart when I'm working on my screenplays.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not easy. I mean, especially when you're not if you're not getting paid for it, it's 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 a huge <laughs> amount of work. Um, and along the way, like I'm writing, so I'm writing a, a movie. Uh, for myself to direct right now uh, because it's a it's the strike so I'm I'm just writing for myself mm-hmm. um, and you know and yesterday I you know I I really love this idea but I was like it's just not coming together it's just not interesting as you know I couldn't 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 really crack it and then last night at two thirty in the morning I, it just my brain broke open I was like oh it's this and this and th-, and I just wrote down page after page after page of notes to and it just sort of cracked so. You know when you're writing your own screenplays don't don't get down on yourself and say oh this isn't working or whatever i mean might not be working um it might not be great yet but if you keep at it and you keep you know sort of looking at different aspects and keep working on it it'll it can break open and 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 become something amazing so don't don't let your self-doubt stop you along the way
0: i've actually complicated the process i'll write the screenplay go back, rewrite my novel, and then go back and rewrite the screenplay based off the novel.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's a good way to do it because essentially the novel is outlining your your world. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I think that's a really good way to do it. Plus, it also breaks up the monotony of just just writing screenplay or just writing prose. You know, it's nice to be able to sort of switch back and forth for your brain.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think are the most important elements of a successful screenplay?
1: Um, Well, David Mamet said there's only one rule. Don't be boring. Uh, So, you know, it has to be engaging. Um, It has to raise questions in the audience's mind that they just need to know the answers to. Like, that's what keeps them coming back. Um, You know, if you look at usual suspects, the question is, is, who is Kaiser Soze? Somebody in this group is not who they say they are and, and so you want to uh, so you're you're motivated to want to see, watch to the end of the story. um, Interesting characters, which means you know people that that jump off the page, roles that would be really fun for big actors to play. You know you have to you have to think about that. Um, uh, Well, yeah so i was going to talk about somebody else's project but i don't want to do that (laughs) um and uh yeah just you just have to tell a good story you know if you can tell a really engaging joke you can you can write a screenplay probably same structure
0: okay i've got um one actress that i interviewed before who's actually been instrumental in trying to push me (laughs) to being a better writer (laughs) oh great. So.
1: Well, I mean, you know you it's it's a lifelong journey. You have to push yourself and and mm-hmm. you can you can always be better. you know, you just and what you do is you study the writers you love, you know, like if you love Steve's Alien, Richard LaGravinez, you get their scripts and read uh, read how they do it. you know, figure out how figure out how Jim Cameron uh, tells a story, you know mm-hmm. because people people always write them off, but just pretty much every single time you know you you just get drawn into those movies and and he's just he's just a magnetic storyteller so and great, you know and it's so specifically tailored for the screen so yeah just study people you love
0: I've been told my work has no parallel to it
1: (laughs) well is that good
0: in some aspects I actually had to go back and rewrite the beginning because they said there's no real world connection to it Hmm. Okay, thank you. Sorry, my wife is heading up. <laughs> How do you approach collaborating with other writers, directors, or actors on a project? Um,
1: depends on the project. Uh, depends on what they bring me. Um, so if a writer brings me a script, and I think, you know, and it's all just my opinion, if I think it's halfway good, then I'll say, okay, look, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, if I decide I need to rewrite it myself, um, like sometimes somebody will bring you a great idea for a movie, but the movie isn't terribly Mm well-written those sorts of things. I'll say, well, look, I would rather write this myself. Sometimes I'll write it with the writer or sometimes, uh, like right now I'm overseeing a movie where I thought the script was really good, but it was a brand new writer. And so there were certain things in it where I was like, they're never going to make it if it goes this way, or if you say this, or this line of dialogue or whatever. So I gave a huge amount of notes just sort of adjusting, but I wanted the script to be in the original writer's voice. I didn't want it to be in my voice. Right. So, um, and I felt like this writer who was really talented, just not terribly experienced. So, mm-hmm. um, so what I did there was I acted as uh, like a studio exec would, or like a producer would to say, okay, um, this, this, this script has great opportunities to it, but let's really shape it. Let's really hone it and and make sure that it's great. But in the end, I really wanted the original writer, uh, whose name is Lee Ehlers, to get to get sole credit on the movie because it's it's his movie. You know, he made it up and really executed it beautifully. So, uh, So it all depends on it all depends on what what I've been brought, you know, and what how I how viable I can see the project being.
0: And those kind of feedbacks are actually great for people like me. I've been entering into different competitions. I've won one, got nominated for another, and ended up honorable mention in one of the biggest ones. Nice. Nicely done. Thank you. That's great. What do you think sets your work apart from others? I don't know.
1: I mean, to the extent that my work is set apart, I uh, I would say, you know, I have a specific sense of humor. I have a specific, uh, um, I have a specific uh, viewpoint on the mm-hmm. world. Like there are things that I want people to know, or there there are things that I want people to get out of them, out of anything that I write that you know, empowers them or allows them to see the world in a different way or, or, you know, whatever whatever I can express to them out of my personal philosophy that I think is, is worthwhile. Um, I'm extremely good at writing action set pieces that demonstrate character, you know, that tell you who the lead character is, not just a fight, not just a, um, you know, a punch up, Uh, but, but that, but that the action sequences tell you as much about the character as the dialogue, if not, if not more. So Mm -hmm. if you look at like, um, in X2, uh, the, the, the attack on the X mansion where Wolverine is the only one left to watch the children, you know, that's a great demonstration of just who that guy is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's one of my favorite, you know, scenes I've ever written. So. Um. So I'm pretty, you know, I I think I'm pretty good at those those sorts of things.
0: I mean, I actually thoroughly enjoyed all three films that you screen wrote. Oh, thank you. Can you discuss any challenges or obstacles that you faced in your career and how you've overcome them?
1: Um. Well, the obstacle to Hollywood is you know, especially when you're writing a big expensive movie um, is getting them to pay for it. (laughs) So, you know, these movies are hugely expensive and they want to make them, but it just takes forever to get them to agree. Uh, So, so, I mean, really, you have to have a number of different projects. You know, I always have six to eight different projects going at at once because you never know when one's going to pay off, when's going when it's going to get made, when it's going to die, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of them just die. Uh, so, you know, I think the success of being uh, a working screenwriter is not necessarily just getting your films made. It's also being able to survive during the times when your films are not being made. So, yeah. Um, so I think I think one of the ways I deal with that is by working myself to death and and. <laughs> Uh, you know, having too much on my brain at all at all times and um, that provides me the life to which I've become accustomed
0: So then me having 14 different concepts to work with at any given time is pretty standard
1: It should be. Uh, I don't think it is standard. I think I think a lot of writers can't can't keep more than two or three stories in their head at one time and if that's the way you are, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to survive. you know the worst is when people put, um you know years uh and years into one screenplay and then they get it made and then then they're like okay what's next and they don't have anything ready you know so you see a lot of great first movies uh and then a lot of terrible um subsequent movies Mm -hmm. so you've got it so it's better to have 14 going at once don't don't beat yourself up over it just make sure you put in the time to make sure that each one is great before you mm. send it out you know
0: um, that's where feedback is always useful
1: mm-hmm. yeah you have to have people that you trust uh giving you giving you their opinions and that's not easy to find a lot of times you know people writer friends will judge your work based on their own bitterness or, or whatever and they won't give you pro- why did he finish the script? and I can't And then they'll just crap all over you and that's not good feedback, yeah. you, know, you need support of people who know what they are doing to, to look at it and say, yeah, it's good, but you know could be could be better here, could be
0: better here, whatever. How do you balance creative freedom with adhering to a project specific requirements or expectations?
1: well being a screenwriter is very different from being a novelist A so novelists can just make up their own world they can take the story in any direction they want a screenwriter has to work with you know 200 other uh professionals to execute um the final movie and that includes the director and the studio the producers the actors you know all these people sorry i'm picking up my dog that's my, my, my little dog <coughs> um so, you know, your creative freedom is uh, is tied up in their creative freedom. Um, and, and also, it's not necessarily freedom in, in that uh, there are things screenwriters have to do that novelists don't have to do. So, for example, you can't, you know, um, you can't just describe uh, a million universes exploding all at, all at once uh in you know because how do you shoot that like mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's fine on the page but it, visually like what do what are you what are you supposed to point the camera at you know um so there are things that you'll write that the director will say i i don't know how to shoot that or um or there are things you'll write that the lead actor says well, i don't want to do that you know um i was just uh i was just uh writing a movie with a big star and we have scenes where he's younger and i was like they could just you know youthify you in the in the computer he's like yeah i won't do that i won't i won't play anything but my age so then i had to rewrite the story to to fit that so um so you know, you don't have ultimate freedom per se, but it is a really fun process and an an important skill for a screenwriter to develop to be able to take other people's limitations and still execute the story in a way that's really exciting for you and really engaging for you. And a lot of times those limitations or those new ideas or whatever will just make the thing cooler. And, you know, if you're the type of writer who just goes, no, we can't change that. We can't change anything, you know, then you'll never, you'll never make it. Like, it's just, you can be a novelist that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then you've got editors, you've got people that, that will, will want to give you creative uh, advice. And, um, and in movie making, you, you just have to roll with it. And, and, but, but like I say, it's really fun when, when you've got great partners and they're coming up with these amazing ideas or they're coming up with a lim- some limitation that just makes you go, oh, my God, you know how we could do it, it's, it's, you know, like this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's those moments that are really fun sort of solving it. It's more it's more like putting together, a, a you know, a huge director set puzzle um, than it is just writing a story.
0: Yeah, I don't expect any of my screenplays to be as direct. You know, I I expect someone's going to say, "What if we did this?"
1: They always will. They always will. And 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 you want that. You want you you know you want a great director to come in and and take your story and make it even more than it could be. Um, mm. You know, uh, and great directors will do that.
0: So, which of your past projects are you most proud of, and why? Um. I'm proud
1: of all of them to, to varying degrees. I, I, I just, you know, it's just really nice when something gets made Mm -hmm. and people see it, you know, uh, I've had four movies open at number one around the world and, and uh, that's pretty gratifying. Uh, But uh, I would say, I think X-Men two is the movie that came out the best of the, of the things that I worked on. Um, And that's not to deride the others. I, I, I love them all, but, um, but, uh, but that one, you know, there's a certain magic alchemy that has to happen when you're making a movie to make it re- truly great. And that one, you know, the, cr- the crew, the cast, everybody knew what we were doing, uh, in a way we didn't on the first X-Men and, and they gave us a lot more money and we were able to, you know, really execute it in a way that was very, very satisfying. And, and, you know, <clears throat> and w- the goal for us on that movie was to make, uh, you know, a sequel that was, that was even better than the first one. So we looked at the great sequels. We really modeled it after Star Trek Two, Wrath of Khan, uh, Terminator 2, um, you know, looked at uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the Two Towers and, um, you know, anything where the sequel was amazing, we, we tried to, um, we tried to emulate that. And I, I, to a certain extent, I think we, we pulled, pulled that off.
0: I going to wonder how many how much of that was actually taken from the comics.
1: X-Men 2. Mhm. Um well I originally started basing it on the the graphic novel God Loves Man Kills. There's um a uh, striker in the book is a as a evangelical preacher. We made him the guy who turned Wolverine into um uh into Wolverine, basically, uh, into Weapon X. Um, so we sort of tied those stories together, but in the book, uh, Stryker has, um, had a son who, uh, was a mutant and he, and he killed him in the movie. He's a, he's a mutant who can create these illusions, which that, that character Jason was taken from Jason Wingard from the Dark Phoenix saga. So there's a lot of different, um, elements that we took from, uh, the comic books that I had read growing up, uh, and repurposed them into one story for, for X-Men two. Um, and then, but then, you know, once those elements were set up, we, we sort of wrote our own story. Uh, uh, so it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, um, comprehensive adaptation, I think of the X-Men world, not necessarily just one story.
0: Okay. What have you learned about the entertainment industry throughout your career, and how have you applied those lessons to your work?
1: Hmm. What have i learned uh I've learned uh studio execs aren't trying to ruin your movie um even though sometimes they do uh I've learned that reputation is everything you know you you um, you can't be an arrogant dick, especially in this in this day and age um you know i used to think not that i was an arrogant dick but i used to think you know you really had to force your way through through the doors to get in and 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 to a certain extent you do but it's very it's very corporate now and so you have to learn uh i learned that corporate speak is business speak is actually a language you have to learn you have to be able to communicate with these people on on the level that they're uh communicating uh so that they don't feel you're just wasting their money or you're some artist that's just you know, doesn't care about their, their return on their investment. Um, I've learned you have to be extremely, you have to be extremely thick skinned and, and be able to survive, uh, you know, bad reviews, bad notes, people telling you, your writing sucks or whatever. But at the same time, you have to retain this sort of emotionally available soul to be able to write, People well you know to write stories well, so right. it's a it's a tough balance you know you still have to be sensitive, but at the same time you can't let your sensitivity uh destroy you when people are are are, are you know are being unkind to your work
0: yeah you know, last bad review I got uh, I wondered if the person even read my work at all because they said it was nothing but the Lion king saga retold
1: <laughs> right right
0: which well, what Was that for like a screenplay
1: competition or something?
0: Uh, no, it was uh, for my novel Shadow Legacy, which I'm turning into a TV series. Oh, okay. Uh, who was it? I mean, you just, don't know who it was, just, but what was their job? Just some random person on Amazon. Oh, well. Fuck them. You know? <laughs> uh, no, the, you
1: know, the, yeah, you can't. Uh, it, and, uh, yeah, you can't take that stuff serious. I mean, it. it you know, it hurts, it's, mm. you know, it really hurt your feelings and, you know, people, I'm pretty laid back on the internet, but there's certain things people say that really hurt my feelings, but I, you know, there's no point in arguing with each rando weirdo on the internet. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, you'll also get people, you know, from screenplay competitions, I'm sure that have like misjudged your work or barely read it or, and you have to think like, you know who are these people anyway like what mm-hmm. what makes them authorities on anything you know um, you just can't take it too personally that's all
0: yeah last review i got said it was more like game of thrones than anything else and it needed to be longer
1: yes <laughs> well, that's good that's good they want more
0: What advice would you give to aspiring screenwriters, voice actors, or directors? I plan on being an auteur director myself.
1: Um, What advice would I give? Well, I mean, just do things that you love. You know, make sure that whatever projects you're working on, that they ignite your fire in a way that is unique to you. You know, that... that, um, you know, the, the, make sure you're telling stories or playing characters or, or or picking up projects to direct that you just feel like I can tell the story in a unique way that nobody else can. And if you're feeling that fire, um, that's what will carry you through. And ideally, that's what will make it good in the in the end. You know, I think that part of the reason people respond to Solid Snake is. Um, it's my portrayal of snake or big boss or whatever is because I love it so much. I love telling those, those stories and I love being that guy. And I think you can feel that fire in my voice, you know? And, and so the real key to art is whatever you're feeling most intensely, ideally is what the audience will feel experiencing your work, mm-hmm. you know? So. um
0: uh, so yeah,
1: so the fire is everything.
0: Definitely something to something to look forward to when I'm finished with my work.
1: <laughs> also, you know, that also plays into, so you finish your screenplay, you want to go out and direct it. You know, that fire will is, is instrumental in selling it. Like you have to be able to go in and you have to tell the story in a way that is so engaging. And so you know you're so fired up just telling the story in the room Mm -hmm. that they can see the movie in their heads and they go great. Here's twenty million dollars. Go go make your movie or or what have you. Um, You know so uh, that's the other side of screenwriting that's really difficult. You know it's like Mm -hmm. you know you could be the greatest writer in the world, but if you want to make a movie, you have to be one of the greatest salespeople in the world, and those are very different skills. You know and i was very lucky in that i was acting since i was nine years old so i'm very good at going into a room and engaging people and getting them to to be fired up by my by the story i'm telling And i can do the voices and i can you know when i do a pitch it's it's a show it's like a one-man show and by the end hopefully they they feel like they've experienced the movie so that's not a you know that's not a skill people uh, that writers are typically uh, training themselves for, but you have to, you know, if you want to make a movie and you want people to give you millions of dollars to make it, you got to be able to sell them in the room. And so, so that's another aspect of it that, you know, it doesn't occur to people until it's too late.
0: See, I've seen some of that excitement come from people I've pitched to before. It's just, I'm still a bit of an amateur with it that I can't grasp what I need to yet.
1: It just comes from practice it just comes from um you know you know the phrase you fake it till you make it yes like, like you know they tell you that all the time as a young actor you know you have to go into a room and express such confidence in yourself and in what you're doing uh that you inspire confidence in others and for people that are like for 22 year old actors That's very difficult. You know, people don't necessarily have that much confidence in themselves. But what you have to do is you have to figure out the role you're playing when you pitch a movie. Mm -hmm. So the role you're the role I'm playing is, well, now I'm an experienced writer. I've got, you know, I've got a track record. My movies have made a bunch of money. So it's easier for me to, to, you know, I come in with that history. If you don't come in with that history, you have to come in being a guy who, is full of ideas and and creative fire that they can harness to make money in a way they, uh, you know, they haven't before. You know, you're telling stories that are uniquely you, and you just have to make sure that you portray confidence and love for what you're doing and uh, enthusiasm for uh, for the story you're telling, even if you're not feeling that per se, even if you're like terribly nervous or or it's crushing or whatever, you just gotta, you know, so get, so figure out how to write a pitch, you know, like a movie pitch, um, 10, 12 pages, uh, and you could you can probably find pitch formats on, on, uh, on Google, um, and just run it and run it and run it and come up with like little jokes that you can pretend you came up with in at the spur of the moment, um, you know, develop this, this role of the confident her screenwriter you know mm-hmm. um like uh, uh you know he's been cancelled now but the director of of x-men brian singer there's a great story on the on the usual suspects dvd so he met with stephen baldwin who was you know uh played uh, mcmanus in, in usual suspects and stephen baldwin was like you know brian singer looked probably 18 years old, you know, and, and had never done a big movie before. And so Stephen Baldwin comes in and he gives this speech. He goes, look, here's how I do it. I come in, I do, you know, I've got a few choices I've made as an actor. I do them uh, and we move on. I, I just, you know, I like to, you know, I like to do it the way I like to do it. And then, and then I don't like a lot of direction or whatever. And Brian just listened to him and then said, okay, uh, are you finished? You'll do the lines the way I tell you to do them, uh, or you can be in a different movie. Is that clear? and 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 Baldwin goes, which I think is exactly what I needed to hear as an actor. you know It's like, like, you know, but just the sheer balls of you know of this kid just telling this experienced actor. No, no, no. That's not how directing works. <laughs> I'm the director. I'll tell you how to do it. And and then but that gives the actor confidence that you know what you're doing. OK, you know, I mean, again, you can't be a dick like no. that anymore, but you do have to be able to say, you know, it needs to be this way. You know, it, it, it it's it's. um. You also need to listen to your actor. If your actor says, look, this, this line doesn't make any sense. You have to be able to go. Yeah, you're right. You know, what can we do to to change it or whatever? But you always, especially if you're going to be an auteur director, you always have to carry with you the confidence that you have the story in hand. You know, (laughs) you know what you're doing. You know how you're going to execute this. You know, when it's right, you know, when it's wrong. And, you know, you can express those things in a nice way but everyone will feel a lot more confident in you if you are confident in yourself
0: okay that's definitely food for thought how do you stay up to date and relevant in an ever-evolving industry
1: that's a very good question you know technology is moving so fast we got ai we've got you know streaming we've got you know the business is constantly changing and is very different from when i first came into it um and but people confuse advances in technology with changes in storytelling. I think storytelling is, is, um, is universal. It, 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 it doesn't change the the ways in which we approach, you know, the ways in which we execute it might change. Um, the special effects might change things like that. But, but if you hold true to the basic tenets of storytelling, you know, I, don't don't i don't let myself get uh freaked out by new technology or new changes in the business you know i just stick to what i do you know which is hopefully telling a great story hopefully being able to you know take a book and adapt it in a way that's super filmic and and will be successful at the box office and if you do that um the changes you know be aware of what what's changing be aware of 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 how your business is is changing but but you know to quote bruce lee just be like water you know uh just be a good storyteller deal with the changes as they come in and and um and don't let it rattle you mhm okay
0: Can you describe any notable differences or similarities in your creative approach to screenwriting versus directing?
1: Well, uh, well, there's a lot of differences. I mean, it's... it's, The thing I didn't realize about directing when I first started writing is that, you know, you can make up anything on the page. Again, you have to be able to shoot it as a director. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to, you know, you have to... In a novel, you can write in thoughts. In a screenplay, you have to write in pictures, you know, in filmable pictures. Mm -hmm. I also didn't realize how the reality of the camera can make something look ridiculous so fast. So, for example, when we were putting together the, the, you you know, the look of the X-Men, like particularly like Mystique, you know, the initial... Executions for mystique just didn't work and and looked ridiculous and and uh, uh, you know, trying to do Wolverine's hair. you know, you're like, well, it's Wolverine, you know you look at him in the comic book and he's got this crazy these crazy sort of double cowlicks and this weird horned uh, uh, beard, you know, mutton chops, and it looks really cool in the comic book, but you put it on a person. And it really looks stupid. Like it takes, you know, you're just you don't realize you're just photographing a person with this weird haircut. And suddenly, what looks cool in the comic looks ridiculous on film. So, you know, a director really has to be a, hyper aware of what is going to look stupid on film, because um, a lot of stuff does, and it's 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 really. It's a skill you really need to hone. Um, uh, you, you know, like if you look at, you look at like a bad, um, I won't say bad, but you look at like a really campy horror movie or whatever. It's something that's so ridiculous they just laugh all the way through it. Well, they didn't mean for you to laugh. It's just, it's just for whatever reason, the, the special the physical effects just looked ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so here so an example would be when you first see the back of Darth Vader's head when he's in Empire, right? And you see him without his helmet. It's like somebody was watching it with their kid and they were like and they pointed at his head and went "Peach ice cream." like this. And it's like you know, Darth Vader's head works works pretty much you know, for people, you know, they look at it and they're like, "Oh, that's really disturbing" or whatever. But some people look at it and go, "Peach ice cream," you know, and it's like, it's like, well, you might want to have thought about that before you executed the thing. It's it's not a great example because that that effect does does work. It's just, um, but it's a good it's a good example from the perspective of you you don't want to talk yourself into thinking an effect works when it doesn't, you know. <laughs> If you're on set and you're like some kid in the audience is going to think that looks like a pile of crap, uh, then you better deal with it on the day. Or or in even better, you better have dealt with it in the design process. So, um, yeah, so it's just a very different. So directing, directing brain and, and screenwriting brain are two different things. Screenwriting brain, you can go nuts. You can create a huge world. You can do all these things. Directing brain, you have to figure out how to execute it, how to shoot it um uh and 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 not make it look stupid
0: of course isn't that what storyboards are for to try and help yeah definitely i mean well storyboards storyboards help you
1: um figure out the progression of the action progression of the scene um what lenses you're going to use and so on and so forth what i'm talking about is is um production design effects design uh and and as a director, you have to know about music. You have to know about color. You have to know about sound. You, you know human emotion. You're like I mean, it's just it taxes every single one of your uh, of your uh, abilities as an artist. And and um, so uh, so yeah, storyboards can help. Previs can help. Um, and then just testing of of uh, of effects of um you know everything i mean you know just even basic makeup for your actors you do makeup tests and and you you know photography tests and you just it's it's all about preparation and doing massive preparation and along the way being honest with yourself to say is this good or am i just being nice to the to the creature effects people for example you know it's like they've worked <laughs> really hard well maybe they worked really hard but it's not working yet you know and it needs to be redone. And so, um, yeah, it's directing is, is no joke. <laughs> I mean, none of it is. It's, 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 and that's another thing you need to know. It's like, I thought making a movie would be super fun and everybody's just having a blast. You know, you're making an X-Men movie, everybody's just having a blast. No, it's stressful. It's horrible. You know, the days are difficult to get. The studio's freaking out about their money. The actors are, are upset about something. You know, it's it's uh, um, you know, you can't just go into it thinking it's going to be fun and games Mm because it ain't sometimes it is. And sometimes you do you do really fun things, but it's really it's it's a grueling, grueling job. Um, What's fun is when when you're done and the movie works and you go, there's one night where it's really fun. And that's where you go to the Chinese theater for the premiere of your movie and you don't have to do anything else. And everybody loves it. That's your night of fun, really. Mm -hmm. And then on to the next epic slog
0: i plan on doing a lot of work with my animation studio i know it's not gonna all be fun
1: yeah i mean it's a fun it's a fun life in general it's, it's, it's a cooler way to live your life than any other way i i think mm-hmm. um but uh, but it is massive work and stress and difficulty as well especially animation animation is a huge amount of work
0: how do you incorporate feedback or criticism into your work?
1: Um, I don't take it personally. I uh, if somebody if something's not working for this is something I, I I had to learn. If something's not working for somebody, and I respect their opinion, like like again, somebody mm-hmm. just some jerk on the street, you know, I, and it says, "Oh, your movie was no good because of this." I'm like, well you go write a movie then, you know, it doesn't, doesn't just rolls off of me. But, um, but if somebody I respect looks at a a scene and says, you know, I don't think this is working or maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. You know, you have to be honest with yourself and go, you can't, I mean, sometimes you can just say, no, it is working. It's, It's fine. But you really want to make sure you've looked at it honestly and said, could it be better? Are they right? Um, how, if they are right, how do I fix it? And, um, uh, and usually, you know, if you're honest with yourself and you take your ego out of it, you take your hurt feelings out of it, because that doesn't, that, that's meaningless. i will just get in your way. You'll come up with, you know, I'll, I mean, you train yourself to come up with better solutions. How do I make it better? How do I make every scene better? How do I, how, you know, we're, we're, we're two weeks from shooting the scene and it's been the same way for a year. How can I break it open? How can I how can I get something more out of this? You know, how do I get a better emotional response out of the audience? How do I surprise them in a way that they, they didn't mm-hmm. see coming, you know? Um, so yeah, so you always want to take, you always want to be open to feedback and criticism that, that's coming from an honest place, uh, an honest and professional place.
0: Novel writing is no different. I mean there's times where sure, yeah. you may think it uh, a certain sentence structure will work come to find out it's not working you need it the way you need it to and you need to rethink how to write it totally totally
1: yeah it's it's um yeah that's what rewriting is for you know you you, you might have loved it when you were writing it the first time through um but it might not be clear enough it might not be or you might have said something that makes the audience think one thing when when you need them to think another thing. And and so yeah, you always have to be you always, you know, when you're writing the first draft, you just dive in and you write whatever you want. And mm-hmm. no, nobody's going to see your first draft. So you could put in bad dialogue, you can put in, you know, slug lines for scenes, you could, you know, do whatever. Or you can just sort of write. You know, write a, a scene you think is gonna be boring, just the boring way, then when you're writing with your rewriting brain, then you have to be ruthless and say, this, "This scene could be better. This scene doesn't need to be in it. This character is not making any sense. Like the character does one thing here and something completely out of character over here. You know, you it's just two different brains you have to uh, approach on the on the first draft and the second draft.
0: How do you balance multiple multiple roles on a single project?
1: What do you mean? Like writing like,
0: multiple roles or playing? Writing, directing,
1: acting. Oh. Um well, I try not to act in projects I'm I'm directing because I think that's weird. Yeah. Um uh, I, so I've never done that. Um you have to define your headspace and your responsibilities for each role so if I'm writing and directing and producing a project I every element or obstacle that comes up I have to say am I am I dealing with this with my writing brain with my directing brain with my producing brain are we in the writing process if we're in the writing process then the screenwriter's response is this if we're in the directing process then the director's process is okay to execute this we need these props, we need this, we're going to need two cameras, we're going to need, you know, whatever the practical logistics are. If it's my producer brain, it's like, okay, how do we make? How do we get the same giant set piece in and make it cost half as much, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's just a matter of building up experience in all of these different roles and then knowing when to switch. uh, Your perspective and what and what each what the requirements of each job are
0: okay i definitely have to take that in consideration too (laughs) what do you hope audiences take away from your work
1: uh i hope that they are entertained i hope that they find characters that they love i hope that they get a different perspective on the world that helps them get through tough times that helps them understand how to deal with, uh, difficulty and, and how to deal with when the world is, is just horrible to you. Um,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, I hope that people are inspired to be better people, you know, or at least wiser people. Um, and that's kind of lofty, but that's what I hope they get out of it at a base level. I just hope they, they have fun and, and that the story takes them away and, and, and makes them you know, gives them, gives them something worthwhile to think about.
0: Yeah. That's something I look forward to in my project is not only entertaining people, but also letting people, um, experience something new that maybe they themselves would not understand.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're, you're giving them a new perspective, allowing them to see outside themselves.
0: Now, lastly, I have a couple. I have like three questions from a couple Twitch and Twitter users. Mm-hmm. Okay, first question comes from uh, Mr. Gian Petra on uh, Twitter and Twitch. What is your favorite keyblade in Kingdom Hearts?
1: I hate to say it. I've never played Kingdom Hearts, so uh, I I couldn't say.
0: Yeah, he's a good friend of mine that loves your acting. But he's also a Kingdom Hearts fan, and he once he wanted to know. But I literally last night I
1: just got an Xbox S, and I just looked at the trailer for Kingdom. I believe it was Kingdom Hearts 4, uh, just came out. Is that true?
0: Um, Kingdom Hearts 4 is still in development.
1: Oh, okay. Then maybe it's not.
0: Um, that's a that's a real-time strategy
1: game. Is that correct?
0: No, it's a hack and slash um, RPG.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then I know nothing. I, I apologize. I've never played Kingdom Hearts. But whatever whatever your friend's favorite is, that, that's probably my favorite, too.
0: Okay. Next question uh, comes from a screenwriter on Twitch under the handle Majin Buu. He wants to know what your experience was in the writing room for Warrior Nun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my show Warrior Nun uh, that I worked on um, for Netflix. Uh, the experience was amazing. I, I, I had never worked in a writer's room before. I'd always just been a screen, a feature, a movie writer. Um, so I've always just been locked in my own office. And I thought, I thought maybe I'd be too crazy to to work with other people at that point. But I got into the room. Uh, Simon Barry, the creator, had put together just the greatest group of writers. You know, super nice people, f- extremely talented. Uh, and the experience was amazing. You know, we, we, um, we had to build this whole world, multiple characters and all these things. And it was so great because I didn't have to make it all up myself. You know, there were other people in the room, you know, I could say, you know, I feel like there's, what if, you know, what if there was like this situation and, you know, but then we'd need like a rookie character or whatever. And then people would just start saying, Oh, the rookie character could be like, you know, we'll call her Camilla and we'll, we'll, we'll do this and we'll do that. and, and, It'd be really fun if she was sort of small and meek, but, but anytime she, uh, gets into battle, she's always got like, like two giant automatic weapons or, you know, whatever, all these things came together and, and, and it was, it was just, it was an amazing process. And what was nice about it was there were things that the writers would come up with that I would have never come up with or that I, you know, directions I wouldn't necessarily have gone instinctively, but it didn't belong to me. It belonged to everyone. So it was kind of cool to just go, yeah, I wouldn't have done it that way, but, but that's really cool. Let's make it amazing. And, and, uh, uh, and came up with something that wasn't entirely my voice, you know, it was that I was just one of the voices involved. Um, it was a really, it was a very cool process. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having my own writer's rooms and, and, and bringing in super talented people and, just hearing what they have to say—it's—it's, it's, uh, in a lot of ways, it was more fun than 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 just writing a movie on your own, in many many ways.
0: I could uh, use a writer's room of my own. I will write the script. We all could. But yeah. I could write the script, but because I don't know the first thing about actual scripting, my pros are lacking. So maybe just having someone who knows about that could actually point me in the right direction.
1: Right, right. Well,
0: you know, when you're,
1: if it's a movie, that's that's where your creative partners come in. That's where your producer comes in. That's where your director comes in. That's where your studio executives come in. You know, people are all pulling to make the best movie possible. And, you know, sometimes they're not great at it. But But a lot of times you get really smart people who can help you define the things that, that aren't necessarily your strong suit and you learn from them and you build up, you know, you build up your talents and different, uh, different aspects of, of your writing with each project.
0: Okay. And lastly comes from one of my Twitch watchers, Liam, your gamer. He asks what your favorite X-Men character is.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I, I love them all, but you know, wolverine is the key character everybody loves wolverine wolverine is is just an unchained unstoppable badass who doesn't follow the rules and and um and there's really not a single person on the planet that doesn't love that type of character um in fact i'm always looking for the wolverine in in other shows uh you know there's always some badass who doesn't follow the rules and i'm like oh that's the wolverine um so uh but that said when i was a boy when we were 12 years old and my buddies and i would play x-men i was always cyclops so (laughs) um so you know cyclops doesn't get as much love as he should because he does follow the rules he's the guy who who has to lead the team has to be responsible that's not as much fun but uh but i've always respected cyclops and that's why in the movies i've worked on he uh he gets a good solid character arc and in the movies i haven't worked on they usually just waste him or or he gets killed or disrespected or or you know whatever so i have a personal love for cyclops
0: i'd actually have to say that my favorite is not a true x-man though he's uh worked with them before deadpool
1: deadpool well (laughs) well again you know in deadpool Deadpool is, is a very a very similar to the Wolverine character in that he follows no rules. He's just a lot funnier about it. So, uh, no, Deadpool. I love Deadpool. Oh, my God. Deadpool 2 is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It's fantastic. And I count him. He, he doesn't count himself as an X-Man, but I count him as an X-Man.
0: Well, that's all the questions I have for you today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, No, I just want to say
1: to to you and and to anybody listening who's who's interested in this career to, you know, to love the journey and and be prepared for the heartaches of it, uh, to to persevere and not let anything stop you.
0: Okay, well, it was wonderful to spend time with you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule.
1: It's my pleasure. I'm going to go pick picket one of the studios now and spend the rest of the day trying to get better wages for the writers so thank you for having me on it was a pleasure it was all mine and i wish you all success with your novel and with your writing and with your directing thank you
0: If you want to know more about becoming an actor, screenwriter, director, or any part of the film industry, as well as an author, please tune into LPA Presents each month. We provide interviews with all persons in the industry and ask them questions to better understand the inner workings behind the scenes. Until next time, stay tuned.